You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 112. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I am your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. Copywriting. Do you know what copywriting even is? If you answered no in your head, don't worry because I've got you covered in this fabulous episode. But if you answered yes, yes, Ange, of course I know what copywriting is. I wonder if you're using copywriting actually in the right way to grow your business or not. Copy is so important in business, but yet something so many business owners overlook because they just don't do it collectively or they're doing it, but they just aren't doing it right. And here's the thing. Copy is everywhere. Copy is on your website, on your captions for your Facebook posts, on your captions for your Instagram posts, on Twitter, TikTok, in your newsletters, on your product descriptions. Copy is everywhere. Yet bad copy, I'm here to tell you, can really screw you over and make your business look bad. Not to mention, it doesn't convert. So in today's episode, I'm really excited to bring on the amazing Anna Powers from Mississippi. That's right, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, where she's going to chat with us about magnetic messaging, aka copy, what is it, why you need it, types of copy that businesses should be looking at, the top mistake people make when it comes to copy, and she's also going to share with us her 4C framework from connection to conversion. It's going to be a jam-packed episode, my friends, absolutely jam-packed. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything that you'd love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories, and then tagging me at Angela Henderson Consulting because you would put a smile on my dial and I would be sure to share that in my own story feed. Also, just to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Australia's leading four-day, three-night exclusive women in business retreat that I run every single year. The retreat is where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow both in life and in business. This exclusive event is being held this November 5th all the way through to November 8th at the Gold Coast here in beautiful Queensland, Australia. Again, it's an exclusive event with only 50 tickets being sold and 60% of these tickets are already gone and dusted, my friends. My good friend Denise Phil Thomas is also going to be opening keynote. Sharif from the amazing Digital Picnic is also going to be there and so many other top speakers. This retreat really allows you the opportunity to surround yourself with amazing people that are going to uplift you not only at the event, but post the event. You're going to have daily masterminds to get individual help on your business from both your peers and the speakers to amazing food, being able to sleep in, get a meal uninterrupted by your children. You're not going to want to miss out. So to secure your ticket for this year, and not to mention we do have a payment plan, make sure that you head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on retreat to purchase your ticket. Now let's get into the Today's amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Anna. 
Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, well, thank you so much for popping on. I know it is nighttime over in the good old United States of America. Whereabouts are you again? I am in Mississippi, so about as far south as you can go. Far south. Now, actually, Mississippi, I used to live, uh, I'm from Canada, but I used to live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I did my high school and undergrad, and then I did my clinical prac over in North Carolina, but I'd, I've actually never been to Mississippi. It's been on one of my lists to, uh, to do, and I've never actually been there, but it sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, there's a, so much richness here with um, just culturally. Um, it's really one of the birthplaces of the blues if you're into music. And so there's there's a lot of lot of great roots here. Um, but that's really cool that you spent some time in North Carolina. My mom's family is from South Carolina. And, um, and so we used to get up there a lot. It's such a beautiful spot. I mean, what I like about the United States is generally there's so much uniqueness in each of the individual yeah. states that from food, from culture to history, I mean, there's really, you could spend months just in one state, right? There's just such a wealth of information. And the people are just so, I mean, all the people are lovely um, anywhere around the world. But I definitely think, you know, I love connecting with those individuals who have been in states for a very long time and, you know, I mean, can walk me through that richness of, you know, what's happened or what has changed and what that looks like. So, yes. No, I love the USA and I also love the food in the USA. So let's Oh, if you ever do make it to Mississippi, you've got to try fried green tomatoes and you can usually find them with crawfish tails on top of them, mm-hmm. um, which may sound strange, but they're delicious. Delicious, delicious. All right. I'll have to add that to the to the list of things when I get to Mississippi. I remember having to spell Mississippi as a kid. It was on the spelling yes. list, you know. So yes. All right. Now, you guys are entering into summer over, do you know what I mean, into the wonderful yes. world at yep. time of recording. And so what is your favorite thing that you like to do over in Mississippi during the summer? You know what? This is going to sound perhaps kind of strange, but um, we have this joke in Mississippi where we say, if you don't like the weather, just wait a day because the weather tends to shift pretty often. And so what happens in the summer is it gets so, so hot and it's really humid here as well. But very often in the summer, we'll have these big afternoon thunderstorms and this heavy, heavy rain. And then it'll rain for 30 minutes and then it'll, it'll, the sun will come out and dry up the rain and it's just beautiful again. And there's something about just the the majesty of a thunderstorm and a heavy rainfall that I find, I just find it really beautiful. So it's not really an activity, but I really enjoy, you know, I have a virtual business as well. So I'm doing a lot of work in my home. So those afternoons, if I'm writing and it's raining and it's kind of, it's just this like beautiful atmosphere. It sounds very similar to Queensland where I am as that again, it gets in the summer, it can get so hot. And then these thunderstorms just come out of nowhere, cool the place down and then roll on out. Right. Yep. Um, but it's, again, it's just what we need to, again, like cool down, refresh, almost again, cleanse, and then let's rock and roll. Yes. <laughs> So now listen, I love that again, we've been had the opportunity to connect and what a small world it is when again, I put two and together that you're friends with my friend, Zach, do you know what I mean? Who does your ad management? And I was like, yes. what the, I was like, what the heck? Do you know what I mean? What a small, you know, crazy world. So I'm so glad to hear, have you here today. And one of the things that I like to do before I get into the actual episode and before we start talking about magnetic messaging, AKA copywriting is I always like to ask the guests who I'm interviewing a fun question. And so obviously okay. I, you and I, we've only just kind of entered 
wandered into each other's world. So I don't know, know a lot about you. Um, so I went looking and I was like, wow, one of the things that I noticed is I love your outfits. You're very great with putting outfits together. Um, I'm currently interviewing in a hoodie and most people who know I'm in my hoodie all day, any day. So I was like, oh, wow, I really love her outfits. But what I really, really like though, and it was, I don't know if you saw me giggle when we first came on the video, is your lipstick. <gasps> you have like this very, you've put this outfit together, but then, cause I love color and you've just got this pop of lipstick. Do you know what I mean? On all of your outfits. So my question to you is, is what is your go-to favored color of lipstick to add to that outfit? Okay. Okay. I ha- I do have a signature lip color <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> for years, but I found this color and it's by Bobby Brown and it's called brocade. Okay. And it's like this, um, it's like this almost like magenta pink, but it's got the blue undertones rather than like the orangey undertones. Mm-hmm. I just love that color. Um, that's actually not the color that I'm wearing today. Today I'm wearing some sort of gloss by NARS, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know what color the gloss is, but I just, I, I'm not, I really am not a person who's into makeup. I, I get ready and I put on my whole face in five minutes. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I get most of my makeup from a local, um, a local makeup artist. Her name is Amy Head. So you probably can't get it in Australia, but she does have a couple of shops in the South, but she's from Mississippi originally. And then she's expanded. And I just love supporting local businesses as much as possible. But for whatever reason, I was in Sephora and I just started playing with the lipsticks and I found that Bobby Brown one and I was hooked. You're like, I was hooked. But yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, I really like how she makes herself like a little bit of juice. Do you know what I mean? A little <laughs> bit of pop, right? So, Thank all right. You. So now that we know, your favorite, do you know what I mean, color lipstick. And again, as you guys will notice, if you start following Anna over on Instagram, etc. like I said, she just, you might only take five minutes, but it looks amazing. So well done, my friend. Now, magnetic messaging, aka copywriting. As I was saying to you when we were deciding on what topic we were going to have you talk about is, as I was looking at all the, do you know what I mean, 100 plus episodes that I've done. And I was like, how have I not talked about copywriting? I've talked a little bit about messaging, like kind of your core message, but yeah. not how, do you know what I mean, copywriting can impact your business so significantly and why it's so important. So today I do want to talk about magnetic messaging, but before we get in, I would just like you to share with us a little bit about your journey in business. Where did it start and where are you now? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking because I, I love, I love that I, I have been able to live out this story because I think it encourages a lot of people. So I had a dream of being a lawyer from the time I was a little, little girl. I and mean, we're talking seven, eight years old watching the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. If anybody's old enough to know about that. Yes, good old Cosby show. Yeah. And uh, Claire Huxtable, the wife in that sitcom is a lawyer. And man, she just looked like she was having the best time. They laughed all the time. Didn't look like she had to work too hard, made a lot of money, got to have like really interesting arguments. And, you know, she's very intellectual as well. So I thought that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a lawyer. And, um, and I ended up working for four years after undergrad and then going back to law school, graduated law school in 2009, which was, you know, just after the last economic downturn Mm -hmm. that we had. And, uh, but just happened to find a really good job making almost six figures straight out of school. So it's really hard to, you know, I mean, not that I was thinking about turning it down at that point, but you know, you get on that path. So I get in the path and I very quickly discovered that practicing law uh, did not, was not at all like I thought it would be (laughs) at all. It's, it's so weird. It's not like they show it on TV. It's not the Cosby show. (laughs) 
it's not the Cosby show. It's not suits. It's not any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I'm an extrovert. I love people. Like I love variety. I love meeting new people and traveling places. And I literally sat in my granted, it was a big and beautiful office, but I sat in my beautiful office with my beautiful windows, reading cases and writing arguments all day. And I didn't speak to another human being other than at lunch when, you know, I'd grab a sandwich in the break room for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I mean, these were 12 hour days also. These were not like normal, you know, seven hours, eight hours, and then you're home. No, mm-hmm. these were 12 hour days. And so I got about five years into practicing and, um, and I had moved firms, which was a better job for me, but I took a pay cut to, uh, well, actually <laughs> I, I took a, I say I took a pay cut. I got let go from my first job. And then this, the next job that I found, you know, because of the downturn and the next job that I found was about a 20% cut in salary from what I started my career with. So technically it was like an 80% raise, from zero. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cut from what I had been used to making, but I, but it was a better fit. Um, but all that to say is five years in, I was working harder, making less money. And then that firm, um, the particular area of practice that I was in, uh, you know, law trends are cyclical, just like a lot of things are economically. And I started to see the work getting sparser and sparser. And I just was like, this is a, this is a bad direction to go. You know, here I am five years later working harder, making less money. And so I hired a business coach who I thought I was hiring her to help me take all my skills as a lawyer and repurpose them into some other job. Like I just wanted a better job where I didn't have to work 12 hours a day for at that point, you know, I think I was making somewhere around like 86 grand, which is not bad, but it, I just felt like I didn't have much margin and I didn't have much growth potential. And so, yeah, so I hired this coach And on our discovery call, actually, before I ever even hired her, she heard my backstory and said, you know, you could be a coach. And I said, what? Yep. (laughs) Because I had a history of overcoming both anorexia and binge eating. And she heard my story and my heart for uh, body image. And she said, you could, you could coach that. And here is one of my biggest lessons that I share with all my clients is you got to go with your intuition. Because when she said that, I knew in that moment. I'm passionate about health and I'm passionate about loving your body exactly as it is, but that's never where I wanted to build a business. And I always knew that I wanted to be doing something like what I'm doing now, helping people in business, leadership, coaching, um, messaging, copywriting. Like I love writing. I've loved writing from the time I was little, but because this coach told me, well, here's what you should do. And because she made more money than I did, I just said, okay, you know, and went along the path for almost two years, made in the course of two years, about $2,150, invested almost $50,000. Yep. And found myself at that crossroads where, uh, it's like, okay. (laughs) Um, you know, I had my law job, which was basically my investor in my business and allowed me to keep pouring money into the business. Um, but at some point, you know, even your, your CPA, your accountant will start saying, um, the government's not going to really look at this as a business much longer unless you turn a profit. (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. So I had this crossroads moment and it it was the moment where I decided that, uh, well, I admitted to myself that I didn't want to be a health coach. I didn't want to grow that business. 
And I knew that I had learned enough, even though I had only made a couple thousand dollars, I had learned enough about online business and I had spent $50,000 to learn it that I was able to have a, a coaching program where I could just teach people what I had learned and do that authentically and not say, you know, I'm some six figure coach because I wasn't at the time, but just say, Hey, like I know how to run a Facebook ad. I know how to build. I, I mean, I had a couple hundred people on my email list. You know, I knew how to build an email list. I knew how to write a nurture funnel. There were a lot of things I knew how to do. And so I just started marketing to the people I really wanted to work with. And I, and so from that point, um, things really turned around. So I was offering business coaching and I thought, how can I differentiate myself in the marketplace? And something that I teach my clients is you want to do something that you love and you really enjoy because there's a lot of hard parts in business. And so you want the love for it to really be able to pull you through like the stuff that you don't love doing. Um, you want to overall love what you're doing. Then you want to either be great at it already or have the potential to become really great at it and, and already be good. So you got to either like, you got to be competent and at least, and you got to have to have the, uh, the possibility of becoming absolutely excellent. And then coupled with those two things, you want something that people actually purchase in the marketplace. <laughs> like you you got to, you still got to make a sale here, people. Exactly. And so in under the umbrella of business coaching, I started thinking, you know, what is a skill that I could that I could really master that would differentiate me? And it was very, very quick. I mean, within a month of you know switching my niche from health to business that I said copywriting. It's got, of course, why haven't I, why haven't I seen this? Mm -hmm. um, and I just started learning from the best people I could learn from apprenticing, um, up-leveling my own skills, doing some test projects. Those clients were pleased. They told their friends and it just like snowballed. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty long answer to a pretty short question. <laughs> but I think it's important though, you know, um, Amber McHugh talks about you're right on time, right? And so it's like, I always think every, do you know what I mean? Every answer is a good answer because it's still allows us to have insight to where you started and to where you are. Because I do think, especially for those listeners that are in this infancy stages of business, is that, you know, one of the first things I do with any of the coaching clients that I work with is I talk about joy. Does yeah. what you're doing bring you joy? Because if not, it's if you're here for the money, that will get you so far, but you're gonna out, you, you'll outgrow and outlove what you do, yeah. right? Because money will not do it. So for me, it's always about understanding what joy is for your business. Yeah. And once you understand that, I can teach anyone strategy, right? The other thing is, is once you understand joys, it's about your mindset, right? Again, are you yeah. willing to? Do you know what I mean it's? I'm not about having to work harder, but the reality of it is, is whenever you start a new business, you are working you're working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way, because if not, we would all be millionaires. Right. So, so I totally appreciate your answer. So now you've gone through again, being a lawyer, you thought again, you were told to be a health coach. Don't get me started about business coaches who do that shit. It drives me absolutely crazy. I get, you know, people on my discovery calls crying, do you know what I mean? Weekly because they've been taken for a ride. It absolutely shits me. That would be a whole nother podcast episode. Uh, so you go through that. You're like, okay, great. I'm going to pivot. This is what I actually like doing. This is my skill set. This is my zone of genius. And now we are where we're at today. So tell me a little bit about when you, because we're going to be talking about magnetic messaging. So tell me when you say magnetic messaging, do you mean, is that code for copywriting or how are you defining that? Because I think it's important so that the listeners out there have a baseline about what we're starting with. Yeah. So, so I use it twofold. First of all, magnetic messaging is the registered trademark name of one of my programs where I teach messaging, but it's also a phrase that I use to define 
what I have another, another little catchphrase for it is click worthy copy. Uh Um, So magnetic messaging, messaging that really draws in the right people, but also repels the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And so many people are scared to do that. You know, they make their copy really vanilla because they don't want to exclude anyone, but it's, you know, everybody's heard that phrase, the riches are in the niches, mm-hmm. you know, and that's true. Like you want to be serving. Um, I was just reading actually earlier in the day, I was reading a newsletter that had a quote. I think it was from Dan Kennedy about really, you know, if you're swimming in the ocean and you, you know, flail your arms, you're not going to make a big impact on the ocean. But if you are jumping in a puddle, you're going to make a massive impact in that puddle. So, you know, finding that, um, finding your specific people that you're talking to and then messaging directly to them. So when I say copy, all I mean is your words that sell. So whatever words you're using around your business, so this could be on your website, in your emails, your Facebook ad copy, your landing pages, um, even captions, if you go live on Facebook Live or on YouTube, um, can you do live on YouTube? <laughs> I'm not a YouTube friend. Not, um, not sure. No, I don't think not live. Okay. But anywhere, if, you, if you're going live or you're posting a video, even the, the couple of words that you've got to introduce that video, all of that is copy and all of that can be magnetic messaging. Mm-hmm. And so for those businesses that are out there, like you said, some of the beginnings of with copy is again, landing page, website, uh, like you could say captions, really anywhere there's words, there is copy. But in yes. order to have good copy, right, you've got to have an understanding about, again, how you repel and how you attract the right audience. Yeah. And so for businesses that are out there, they're like, okay, well, this is great. You guys are going to throw me some more curveballs. All right. What <laughs> do you mean for you specifically? And for those businesses just starting out, what would you say to them is like, how can they start to understand what repelling looks like and what attracting looks like? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you've got to figure out who you are Mm -hmm. and then, of course, who you help, but why that should matter to them. Mm -hmm. And then you own all of those pieces fully. So, for example, I love Jesus and I am faith-based. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be another person who loves Jesus to work with me. I've worked with people who are atheists, all, all, you know, all kinds of um, spiritual beliefs. However, it comes out in the way that I speak and, you know, I might use references that might come from the Bible. And so it's really important that, that I'm upfront about that in my copy. So mm-hmm. if you go to my website, you'll see some Bible verses and people say, people ask me a lot, you know, how did you decide to be so open about your faith? I'm like, how could I not, not. be? Mm-hmm. Because that's just part of who I am. And it's so central to how I act in all areas of life that I feel it would actually be duplicitous not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and so if I were to hide that because I don't want to ruffle feathers and trust me, I've gotten it from both ends of the spectrum. I've gotten like, well, I don't want to work with you because you talk about Jesus. And I've also gotten, um, well, you don't talk about Jesus in the way that I think you should talk about Jesus. And therefore I don't want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can't win here, people. Yeah, always going to be the, the, but the thing is those people were never going to enjoy working with me to start with. So Mm -hmm. why not weed them out on the front end? 
Why do you think people are so scared to repel people versus like, I mean, attracting is quite easy, but why do you think again, especially in those infancy stages where they try to be everyone to everyone and appease everyone? Why do you think in your years of experience that it's so difficult for them to just let go? How much of that is fear driven? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said at the beginning of the call, which is uh, mindset. Mm-hmm. Mindset. It's so. It's. I think that it's a. It's fear driven and it's a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. That oh my gosh, this pie is only twelve inches in diameter, and um, or however many in the metric system, however big that yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And once I eat that piece, like if somebody else eats that piece, I can't have it. Whereas that is not the world that I live in or my colleagues and my friends who are, you know, successful, multiple six, seven, and even eight figure business owners. Our philosophy is that, Hey, look, if we run out of pie, we just bake another pie. Like there is always going to be plenty of pie. And I think that people get hesitant to repel because they think this could be like the one client that could pay my bills this month. So I can't, I can't lose them. But I mean, you know, just to be blunt, I don't think you'll ever succeed in business with that mentality. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I mean, listen, you're, you're preaching here to me because I'm all about <laughs> it. I'm like, the sooner you actually, and I also think it allows people, it's not just about repelling and attracting, but I also think it's about you creating a stand. You know, I think it's about, again, one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning is, as we look at joy, we look at mindset, but I equally look at individuals' values, right? Because if you don't understand what your own core values are, it is going to be very hard to create a sales page. It is going to be very hard to create almost anything in your business because you're going to be, you're like putting, pushing shit up a hill. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're trying to be one person, but you actually, do you know what I mean? Have values that are leading you to do something the opposite because people might be telling you, or you feel you've got to do it one way. So I'm all about the sooner you can lean in and the sooner you can start to make a stance. Like, you know, I, I say very quickly, you know, I love eating Nutella. My favorite color is pink and I'm a proud Canadian. Right. <laughs> and that can, and it might sound so simple, but I can tell you, I've ruffled feathers and I've got hate mail because people are like, oh, I'm killing the orangutans because Nutella in some countries uses palm oil. All right. Oh, uh, I've had oh. people who, <laughs> you know, who have messaged me, but then I've got the opposite. Whereas my conversional copywriter sends me, do you know what I mean? Nutella hoodies, right? My, I, I run Australia's leading four day, three night women in business retreat. And I literally will have four or five jars of Nutella. People will sit like, give me at the end to say thank you. Or wow. I'll get people uh, in the grocery stores uh, taking, they'll be at checkout and be like, oh my God, did you see the latest Nutella thing? And so there's also a connection and that I'm still leaving an imprint, right? Yes. Through through my words and through obviously visual representation of Nutella, but it is powerful. And I either, people either love me or they don't. And I'm okay with that. And someone actually said to me when I was in a interview just last week for a podcast, they said, oh, but but don't you fear being disliked? And I was like, no, there's like, I, I literally, they go, but how did you overcome it? I was like, I just don't care. You either like me or you don't, but there's people dying yeah. in the world. There's people, do you know what I mean? Uh, et cetera, yeah. in the world. Like I really don't have time to worry about that. Right. So, um, yes, yeah, I think it comes always, down. To- oh yeah. Sorry. But there's always going to be people who dislike you. You could be, I could think you're the nicest, most amazing person ever. And somebody is going to dislike you. When, um, you know, I mentioned my history of overcoming eating disorders. I learned this lesson so early. I was 23 and I was in the treatment center and we had these assigned seats. And one day I show up at dinner and 
I had been moved to different table. So I just asked like whoever the person was in charge, Hey, like, why did I get moved to different table? And one of the other girls in the treatment facility had requested that I be moved because I was too happy. I can't even make this stuff up. And so I learned right there. Wow. Like this girl just disliked me because I was happy. (laughs) And that's on them. Right. And that's why I'm so firm believer that your joy, your happy or whatever is your responsibility at the end of the day. Right. And so again, the earlier you can stay true to you and the earlier this, like the better copy you're going to have, do you mean for your Facebook captions, for your page? And again, you're going to welcome people into your world and get rid of the toxicity because you don't need toxicity when you're trying to build a business or just life in general. Totally. You know, and I also believe that, you know, each of us judge people, whether or not we indirectly or directly do it, right? But we are getting judged every single day. And I like we equally too. do you mean like I can be driving and someone will cut me off and I'll be like, Oh, what a, do you mean beep yeah. or whatever? Right. But I'm like, okay, well I just judged someone, but how do I know that they just didn't have a bad day or they didn't just get a phone call saying that their dad had died. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. But right, I'm like, right. but I was easily quick to call that person a beep. Right. Because you know, just because they cut me off. But what I'm saying is, is judgment is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every day from the minute we wake up, we do it. Other people do it again. You know, so embrace you is all I got to say, because the sooner you can do that again, the better the copy is going to be. Now, for those people out there that are like, okay, great. Copy is pretty much words that sell, but words are everywhere within business. Mm-hmm. So if people were sitting there going, okay, I really need to look at my words. I need to understand it you know, better. I know you talk about a framework you have that you call the four C's from connection to conversion. Can you walk us through that? Because I think that will help to put some of the puzzle pieces together for those listeners out there that are trying to wrap their head a little bit more around this copy and how it applies to their business. Absolutely. Uh, so I created this framework and what I, the way that I created this was based on uh, the experience that I had had when I started out the business, I was doing primarily done for you copywriting. So I had written copy for more than a hundred different business owners and I wanted to um, really create something. I wanted to start teaching newer business owners how to create their own copy so they didn't have to go hire expensive copywriters And so I wanted to create something that would be um, easy for people to remember. And I love alliteration. I think it's one of the (laughs) the best tools you can have. So that's where I came up with the four C's and um, I'll just state them all. And then I'll walk you through briefly through. um, Yeah. So it's connect, contrast, call to action and convert. Mm -hmm. So starting with connect, you have to connect with your ideal client. You want to be talking to them in their own language. So a super easy analogy that I use is um, I was a French and English major. So I spent some time, actually, I spent a semester living in France. Well, when I went over to France, I'm going to speak French to them because yes, while some of them might understand English, I mean, it's just polite to speak to them in their own language Mm -hmm. and you're going to get way further by speaking to someone in their own language. So you may think that you know the language that your clients use, but you probably don't unless and until you actually talk to them. Mm-hmm. So that first piece is connecting. And, um, and I teach this inside my magnetic messaging program, but I actually give my students a list of questions to ask their ideal clients that go more from surface level questions into deep, um, uh, more emotional questions to get to the root of what their pain is, but not just what it is, but how they describe it. Mm -hmm. Because we might describe our client's pain in a certain way, 
but chances are we're removed from where our clients are. That's why they're coming to us to help them. Like we've tackled that challenge. We've overcome that obstacle. Mm -hmm. So the way that we think about it is almost certainly not the way that they're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. 100%. And again, it's, I'm all about asking, survey your audience, ask them, get deeper. And I know, again, throughout my experience, we'll talk about different types of copywriters in a little while, but you know, there's copywriters for homepages, there's conversional copywriters, there's a whole, you know, I mean, knack behind this, right? But if you don't understand your ideal client, then it doesn't matter really what words you put down or what they're suffering with, because you're probably going to just put shit on a paper, right? Because, and you've ticked a box going, but I've got copy. You told me yeah. I needed words, but it's there's so much more to it. So step one is to connect. Yep. So again, they need to understand the audience and the language that they use. Yeah, because you want people when they read your sales page, for example, or your emails, you want them to go, oh, how did she get in my head? Like that is exactly what I'm struggling with. But mm-hmm. again, you're not going to be able to come up with that on your own. Your people hold the clues to that. Yeah. Okay, so step two is contrast. And if there is one thing that I see people miss in their copywriting, this is it. So contrast is this whole idea that right now your clients, the way that I teach this concept is your clients are in a world of pain. So I call it the world of pain. That's where they are before you. And you hold the keys to their paradise of possibility. (laughs) And so that's where they want to be. And that's their future vision. Okay. So you have to both push into their pain and shine the light that actually it's probably worse than they even imagined. And if they don't make a change, it's not, you know, we don't, there is no standing still. We're either moving forward or we're sagging backwards. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't make a different change, they're not just going to even get the same result. They're going to get a worse result. Mm -hmm. So you've got to push into the pain, but then you also have to amplify their future vision and show them that paradise of possibility. And again, you're going to get that language directly from them in that step one, the connection, but then you're going to form a contrast between the world of pain and the paradise of possibility. And then the thing that you teach, whether it's Facebook ads or live, launching or for me messaging is going to become that vehicle that takes your people from the world of pain to the paradise of possibility. Most people do one or the other really well. So they're really good at hitting the pain points, but then they're kind of bland and boring on the future vision. Or what I usually see is people spend a lot of time on the future vision and the desired results and they don't push into the pain enough. You have to do both to get effective copy. And that's what I was going to say. Most times you have one or the other. You don't typically, do you know what I mean? Uh, It's hard, in my opinion, if people don't understand the psychology behind copywriting, right, to do both well. And and we'll talk a little bit more later on about when is the right time to hire a professional copywriter, because I think there's times when do it your, do it, you know, DIY, you know, do what, do I what one is it? Do it yourself. Do, do it yourself. Yeah. I was like, is it do yeah. this one? Or, yeah. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause at it's times there's, a, especially when you know, you're bootstrapping, et cetera, but there comes a times when again, it's, you know, you need to hire a professional copywriter. So you've got the connect, you've got the contrast. And what's the third C? Third one is call them to action. Tell them what you want them to do. And I know that sounds so simple, but I'm on a lot of email lists. Um, you know, I like to see how, how people are marketing things. And so often people just hyperlink a program name, but they never say click here for the full details. Um, they're also, uh, they're also not calling their people to take an action consistently. 
So they only ever issue out calls to action if they have something to sell. That's a big, 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 huge mistake. Mm-hmm. You have to be getting your people to take action all the time. Then when you are offering something or selling something, it's natural. You've trained them to take action. Um, so how do you do that if you're not selling something? It could be as simple as, um, I don't know if anybody loves uh, Macklemore, but he had that song, Glorious. And the video, I thought it was so sweet. It was him with his, I think it was when his grandmother turned 100 or some age like that. And they're just having fun all around town in the video. So that was an email that I sent out to my email list of thousands of people was, hey, I, I ran across this new song that I find really catchy and uplifting. And the video is something you've just got to see. So building curiosity and then click here to watch it, link to the Michael Moore YouTube video or, or V what's the Vimo or whatever, it is. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, whatever it was on, whatever platform it was on. And, you know, I got responses from that. Thanks. That really made my day. So it doesn't always have to be buy my thing, buy my thing. It can be, but it's much better to be asking them. Um, for example, I sent out an email recently and I just wanted to get people's feedback and opinions. So in the PS, it was, Hey, do you agree or do you disagree with this? Hit reply and let me know. I read every response and it's training people to take an action. Then when you put an offer in front of them, they're used to responding to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and, and I think again, too, it's, it doesn't just have to be in newsletters. It could be on your Facebook caption, like, you know, leave a comment below, you know, uh, Instagram, double tap, take someone like call to actions because it's, it's up to us as the business owner to guide them and yes. train them what to do next. And I think, again, someone can have, you know, they can connect with their audience, they can understand their audience, they can have the contrasting part. But if you're still not guiding them and training them on what to do next, you're still not going to be selling shit. Because do you, oh, mean, you, you still stop you, well, you, you still stop them. Like I see emails all the time where it's just like, there's no, there, there's nothing. It's just like words on a paper. There's nothing there, right? And then I'll go to Facebook and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was really great. What do you want me to do next? Nothing. Like, they're like, it's almost like a cliffhanger. They're leaving yeah. me there and there's nothing. Like, but I'm like, tell me more. Like, what, what do I do now? I want to be into your world. I want to know more about you. But they're not telling me how to do that. And you are the guide, right? You're the authority exactly. as a business owner. And so people are looking to you at, to be the guide, to be the authority. And if you're not showing up in that energy, if you are just leaving them in a cliffhanger, that's not the person they're going to choose to work with. So it's super important to, like you said, guide them toward what their next step should be. We like to be told what to do at certain times because there was a statistic that I read recently. It's literally by the time an adult gets to the end of the day, you will have made tens of thousands of decisions. It's like, don't make me try to guess. What <laughs> Just tell me. Just tell me and then I can go, yep, I'm in or no, I'm not. Yes, but you know, exactly right. And then so <laughs> you've got, so we've got the call or they've got the connect, they've got the contrast, they've got the call to action. And what is our last one? The last one is conversion. And that is just the cherry on top because if you are, if you're doing connection and contrast and calling to action correctly, you will be converting. And that's where we just get into like the fun numbers and the launch statistics and, you know, the revenue generated. Um, I do always encourage my clients to really think through 
that customer path on the back end of conversion because you know so many people they see um, the cart open, cart close, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't get what I want." I'm like, "The launch isn't over till you say it's over." So you know, with your messaging, you can you you know your people. You know, one thing that we've done in the past is actually ask our people. Um, why didn't you buy again, just communicating, connecting with them? Why didn't you buy? And then we have a list of options. Maybe, you know, they're coursed out. Maybe they thought it was too much money. And then if they answered that it was too much money, we have opened up a special extended payment plan just for those people who, um, who let us know that's, that's why they didn't buy. And then, you know, brought in more sales that way. So again, when you're doing the connection and the contrast and the calling to action, well, you're going to have so many more opportunities to convert. Mm-hmm. And what have you found is the top mistake people make when it comes to, you know, I mean, copy and messaging? Yeah. Well, the biggest one is what we talked about with contrast is they do not provide the contrast. So they're only pumping up the benefits of their program or they're pushing into the pain. You have to do both, but I'll tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a big second runner up or first runner up, I guess. <laughs> yep second place mistake, um, which is, oh my gosh. And this one drives me batty is open up someone's um, website and it's just filled with I, 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 me, 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 mm-hmm. um, because your copy should be all about your client, mm-hmm. you as much as possible, because they really only care about us to the extent that we're going to be able to get them a result that they want. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people, I mean, again, research shows people are very, you know, we are very caring and loving people, but we all, you know, there's still the mentality about survival of the fittest, right? You can't take that away, right? And people are and can be self-absorbed and it can be (laughs) ego-driven, right? And it's like, again, at the end of the day, I also see business owners who are equally driven by ego, but I'm like, you have to drop your ego because what you're offering is about them and their business and what they need to move them, do you know what I mean, over from Hell Island is what I call it, over to Paradise Island, right? Like you've no, got to take them exactly. on that on that journey, right? So you gotta, you know, sometimes again, people are like, oh, I don't know, it feels weird. I'm like, no, it feels weird because you want to be praised and have ego. Drop the ego, right? And um, you know, I, I could talk about that for days too. So now people out there that are going, okay, I probably have some work to do with my copy. I probably not doing many call to actions. I probably might do little drips and drabs. When do you feel is it right for someone to, you know, work on copy themselves? And when have you found that it's appropriate to hire a professional copywriter? So I may be a little bit controversial here, but I really believe unless you are selling an offer that is proven by, um, like, for example, I don't, I don't know. This is, I'm just pulling this example out of the air, but I don't know if Tony Robbins like lets other people license any of his programs, right? He has a proven business that, you know, has made tons and tons of money for many, many years. Um, unless you're selling something like that, where it's a totally proven offer, I would not hire someone to write your copy for you until you've crossed that six figure mark. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I really believe that as business owners, we need to have at least a basic working knowledge of everything in our business. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to go learn how to be a Photoshop pro um, or you know a coder for your website, but it does mean that you have a basic understanding and knowledge of how things work, including ads, 
um, whatever email provider you're on, you know, knowing how to schedule up a broadcast or put a sequence in there um, before you outsource. Because how will you know what's good and what's bad work if you have no understanding of what good copy is? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I know one of the first things I'm very big about building the foundational elements in business, because again, most businesses come to me and they're a business made of hay or they're a business made of straw. It wouldn't take much for them to crumble. And I look at, you know, the holes in their website, their call to actions above the fold. But more importantly, I'm also looking at the copy on their page. Now, I am not a professional copywriter, but I work with some of the top people around the world in this space because I think it copy is imperative, all right, from beginning to end. And I say, as business owners, we all have our zone of genius focus on your zone of genius you still need to understand it but I'm like again if people let so if you're working really really hard to get people to your website and you only have five or six seconds from the time they land on your website and you've got shit copy on your website well you've just worked all that hard and you've lost them because the words on your page the words on your about page the world's words on your sales page have like it's like I said, it's just a double-edged sword. So you've paid, you know, thousands of dollars to get them over there on Facebook ads, but then you've let them down when they got there, right? So I am a very big advocate about copy very early on in business because the sooner you understand that piece, you can build on everything else, but it equally starts for you to understand more about that ideal client, what they want and what they don't want. It helps to solidify your your own values about where you're going to go and where you're not going to go. And ultimately you end up with positive people in your community who are buying from you. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, it really is, you know, whenever you can start it, it's, it's something that, um, you know, let's take Frank Kern as an example, one of the top producers in the online space, go look at one of his sales pages and (laughs) they are oogly. I mean, it's just, you know, text and no design, but he sells and sells and sells and sells. Why? It's copy. It's brilliant copy. Mm -hmm. And so you can overcome all kinds of design flaws with great copy, but you really can't do it in reverse. You can't, if you, if you have pretty, pretty pictures on your website and beautiful branding and graphics, but like you said, the words don't make sense, don't resonate, are full of errors. Um, it's going to be hard to convert someone. 100%. And it's not to mention, it's just the words, but it's like, I'll go to a website and above the fold on the website, there's words, but then no call to action. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, now what's happening? Where are people going? You haven't told them what to take next. You haven't like, and so, yeah, so I could talk about this all day. (laughs) Like, it's like, it's really, it's one of my big things. Again, get every, get the core foundations in place and everything else can build up. Even if you have a bad month, that's okay. Because those foundational elements are in place in order for you to grow and scale. Right. But if you start missing these pieces, it's very hard to understand what part of the puzzle is broken and how do we fix it? Because Um, it's yeah there's so many variables but yeah words it's so so important I can't emphasize enough so my final question to you is is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started in business oh oh that's a really interesting question um I wish I understood more that people really want to help you and people want to see you succeed I think when I was starting out you know I would compare myself a lot to other business owners. And I would, you know, I would let myself get jealous when I would see other people having success. And I think that, you know, I'm I'm a person who doesn't um, tend to like, I think everything that we go through, it's a lesson, right? So I'm I'm not someone who's like, Oh, I want to go back and change that. But you know, if I, if I 
could have gone back and adopted the mindset that like, Hey, uh, you know, now one of my mantras is everything is always happening for me. Mm -hmm. You know, having a mindset, like people want to help me, people want me to succeed. I think would have really helped me be bolder in making connections that could have moved me forward a lot sooner because ultimately, you know, I think business is about relationships and real connections between human beings And, um, you know, when you come at it with that mindset of, Hey, like everybody is, everybody here wants me to succeed and I want them to succeed. Like what a more, you know, what a beautiful perspective to approach your business with. Mm -hmm. And connections, I believe is where my business has gotten right without the connections and the human elements. I think, well, I know for a fact, my business wouldn't be where it is. Right. It's just that you meet someone else. You help them, they help you, they introduce you to someone like it's a whole knock on effect. And when you've got conversations, you have connections. When you have connections, you have conversions, right? I believe anything can open from a beginning of a conversation. So, 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 so powerful. Now, for those listeners that would love to connect with you and learn more about, you know, really digging deep into the four C's that you talked about, just messaging and copy in general, how can they connect with you? Absolutely. Well, you can find me at sarahannapowers.com and there's no H on that, Sarah. So S-A-R-A-A-N-N-A-P-O-W-E-R-S.com. And then we also have, oh, I'm on Instagram. I'm loving Instagram these days. I'm doing a lot of stories and I love the DM. So that's also at Sarah Anna Powers. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, a free sales page template. If anyone just wants, like maybe they're at a newer stage or maybe they just know their copy needs a refresh. You can grab a free template that I put together. It includes pre-work as well. And it's basically, I call it Mad Libs for Business. You get to just plug in. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, into the template. Um, But you can grab that at sarahannapowers.com forward slash stellar sales page. Dude, that sounds super fun. And we'll make sure, um, you know, before we sign off that way, we'll have all of these links for you guys to connect over on Instagram to get, you know, get the sales template, all of that. We'll have all of these links over on the website at angelahenderson.com.au. Well, what an absolutely epic episode. And I'm so glad that we had you on to be one of the first people ever on the show to talk about, you know, magnetic messaging, but equally about copywriting, because as you, as I said, I'm super passionate about this. So if anyone, do you know what I mean, is out there, they need to connect with you, please make sure to head to the website to connect with the links or connect over on Instagram. Because once you understand your words, words is what sell. And if you want to be profitable, you're going to want to make sure that you've got your copy outlined pretty, do you mean thoroughly? Because it is so important for business growth. Thanks again for being on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a fabulous day, no matter where you're in the world. And I look forward to you connecting again next week for another amazing episode at the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au